today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith He loves you so much that He stretched out His arms on the cross and embraced you in grace when He died for your sins. He says, this is the type of God we have. A God that pursues us. A God whose foreknowledge he knew. Don't have any misgivings. God's intentions for you are good. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Our God is so great in grace and mercy that He was willing to die for us while we were still rebellious and sinful. In today's message from 1 Peter chapter 1, Pastor Ed reminds us of God's goodness. At the foundation of the world, the Lord saw into the future and knew that man would fall into sin. However, He had a plan to save us. Jesus also has a purpose and a plan for all His people that is full of hope. In short, the Lord's intentions for us are only good all the time so we can trust our futures to Him. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith To everyone that's been born again who's accepted Christ as personal Lord and Savior, you're a part of God's kingdom. You're a part of the elect. And so he's saying, God has chosen you. The same terminology that he uses for Israel, he uses for the church. Some think that what Peter is grappling with is where is Israel's place in history? Because by and large, for the most part, they've rejected Messiah. They've turned their back on Messiah. Even though the church, of course, was predominantly Jewish and the apostles were Jewish. And we thank God for them and our Jewish heritage and our Jewish brothers and sisters in Christ. But the church had more and more become a Gentile community. Now, Peter's writing to Jews and to Gentiles, but he says, in Christ, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, you are the elect. So the promises given to Abraham are yours. In Romans chapter 9, Paul argues that the people of God are not those who are just physical descendants of Abraham. No, they're spiritual descendants. Abraham had many descendants. For example, Ishmael. But the promise was found in Isaiah. In Isaac, Isaac rather. In Isaac. And the promise is found in Christ. When we're in Christ, we become part of the elect. Look at the wording that he uses in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter... Chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. We'll put it on the screens. It says, but you are a chosen people. Terminology that was used of the nation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We've entered into this covenant relationship with God, and we are the elect. And, and he goes on to, again, talk to us about our relationship to this world, recognizing that we are God's chosen people, that we are called out, we are an elect people. And he says something, we're strangers. God's people are strangers in this world. To God's elect, strangers in the world. Uh, The idea, and some translate it, alien, a resident alien, a sojourner, a pilgrim. Basically, it's saying that this whole world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Uh, In Hebrews 13, 14, it says, For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Our neighbors, our co-workers should notice something different about the way we live our lives. Every Jew, when they go to their synagogue, sets their face towards Jerusalem as they pray. As believers, we set our gaze and we fix our attention on that heavenly city, Jerusalem. Because that is our homeland. That's where we are going. This is only our temporary abode. So that would be a comfort, a consolation to every believer that was in the fiery trials. Now, now Paul was proud of his citizenship, his Roman citizenship. He talks about it. But it paled in comparison to his heavenly citizenship. He said, we are citizens of heaven. Holiday, your name is on the register, and you won't have to pay taxes when you get there. There's a mansion prepared for you. There's a place prepared for you. There's a home prepared for you. That's our destination. Everything in this world is so designed that it tells us and reminds us this is only our temporary abode we're just passing through someone said the world is like a bridge don't build your home on a bridge we're going to the other side so Peter is comforting these early Christians he's strengthening them on the inside he said remember God chose you you're an inheritor of the promises of the Old Testament. Remember, you're just a passing through this present world. And then he turns our attention from himself as the author, Peter, an apostle who speaks an authoritative word, a biblical word, an inspired word into our hearts, to our relationship to the world around us. And he says, we're an elect people. We're strangers in this present world, but we have an incredible relationship with God. An incredible relationship with God. In verse 2, who had been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling by His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Hmm. The Trinity. But that's not the order we usually think of. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, 
spirit, son. There's a reason for that. But he begins with the Father's work in salvation. The triune God is all involved in your and my salvation. I mean, God's taken interest in you. You're not just lost on some computer screen. You're not just some forgotten grain of sand. No, you're the apple of his eye. You're the focus of his attention. And so God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, all involved in this work of redemption, salvation. He says, the Father has chosen us who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now, when he says foreknowledge, I don't believe, and the text I don't believe indicates that God just simply said, okay, you go to heaven and you go to hell and you're going to make it and you're not going to make it. No, I believe what this is referring to is that God planned to bless his children. He was predisposed to bless his people. Not that God doesn't know everything. He does. But there's a mystery of his sovereignty and our free will. I don't fully understand it, how it all fits together. But I know that it's there because it's clear in the Bible. God, foreknow, he knew. But in this contest, especially he's referring to God's predisposition to bless his children. I mean, he is kind. He is good. So the person going through an incredible trial has to at that moment recognize, Lord, even though this trial seems so overwhelming, you are my father. And I could trust and depend upon you. Because I know that this world is temporary. And you will always be with me throughout the journey. He's comforting them in the fact that they can be strengthened in the knowledge of who God is and what God is like. He is a God who is predisposed to act out of his character. And his character is that of absolute grace and kindness and mercy. It wasn't because you are who you are that God chose you. No, you had good genes and maybe you're good looking or maybe you're intelligent or maybe by disposition you happen to be one of those happy people and God said, oh, I need one of those in my kingdom. (laughs) No, it's not because of that at all. It's because of, well, because of who he is. When you came years ago to an altar or in a small group or at home, and and you simply pray, Jesus, come into my life, and your life was changed, and you were born again. God had been pursuing you all along. He had been like the hound of heaven, pursuing you. And it wasn't because of you, it was because of him. It's the same thing with the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 to 8, it reads, God speaking to the nation of Israel through Moses the prophet, for you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people of the earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his special, his own special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord 
loves you. That goes on. It's in God. When He looks at you, He loves you so much that He stretched out His arms on the cross and embraced you in grace when He died for your sins. He says, this is the type of God we have. A God that pursues us. A God who has foreknowledge. He knew. Don't have any misgivings. God's intentions for you are good. Then he goes to the Holy Spirit and talks about the work of the Spirit in our lives. The Spirit has sanctified us. In 1 Peter 1, 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Wow. The Spirit involved in our coming to Christ. Listen, we didn't come on our own. We didn't get up one more one day and decide, oh, I'm going to serve. No, no. It was a spirit that prodded us, convicted us. He convinces and convicts the world of sin. Who yes. said, well, you know, I was going through a hard time and I came to it. Well, you know, I think God providentially arranges all those circumstances to sometimes make us uneasy so that we will come to him. He's using those things that we go through and experience in life. So the Spirit has sanctified us. That's what he's talking about here. The Spirit's sanctifying work. What the Spirit does is he makes us holy and he prepares us to be a bride for Christ. So in the trial, in the struggle, the Holy Spirit is trying to use those trials and difficulties to refine you, to bring out the best in you, to change you, to transform you, to prepare you for heaven. He's in the process of making us a holy people. He does a sanctifying work in our lives. This world that we live in is filled with pollution. All over. And God is working to keep us clean and holy on the inside. That's why we can't do what the world does. Your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends, they could do things that you can't do. You talk like that, or you act like that, or all of a sudden, you feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Say, son, daughter, I'm speaking to you. Behave differently. That's an encouragement. All through the journey, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Spirit, is with us to make us a holy people. There's a relationship that God has with us. He has invested so much in your life and in my life. And then Peter talks about the Son has cleansed us. In verse 2 again. For obedience to Jesus Christ, sprinkling by his blood. You know, one of the things that we sometimes forget is that we have this covenant relationship with God that places responsibilities on us. I believe the phrase here that Peter is using is a picture of what happened in the Old Testament. When the people of God, the Israelites, had been delivered from Egypt, saw mighty miracles, the sea opening up, 
experience God's power to deliver them, they were out Mount Sinai. They're at Mount Sinai. They're going to enter into a covenant with God. And Moses comes out and he speaks to them. Listen to what he says and watch what he does. He's speaking to them in Exodus 24, 7 to 8. Then Moses, he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. Again, they responded, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. And Moses took the blood from the basins, splattered it over the people, declaring, look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. Notice, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. Look at the text. For obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling by His blood. There's a covenant relationship that we enter into when we accept Christ. We accept the forgiveness of sins. The price is paid in full. Washed away. Gone forever. But there's our side, the human side. Imperfect as it is, we are to be obedient to God. The maturest Christian here will recognize that all through the journey, you fall short. But your life is going in that right direction and obeying the voice of the Lord and obeying the word of God. In the blood of Christ, when you falter or fail, cleanses you from all sin. Cleanses you. And what happens is we recognize we're in this covenant relationship with God. That we're walking more and more, obeying his voice, obeying his word, obeying his commandments. It's a commitment on our behalf to obey the Lord. So I don't come into church and simply say... Because I'm a member of Faith Assembly, because I attend Faith Assembly, because I attend any specific church, that everything is right. No, no, no. The obedience to Jesus Christ is essential. Obeying God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 5, 9, it says, And being made perfect, speaking of Christ, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that what? Obey him. Our obedience is daily and continual and a lifelong process. We put aside our agendas. We put aside our will. We put aside our preferences. And we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How did they do it in heaven? Grudgingly? Grumbling all along the way? Joyfully. Praising God for every day. Amen? F.C. Cook, a commentator, said this, Obedience is the first act as well as the permanent characteristic of true faith. A believing faith is always an obedient faith. Let me say that once again. An believing faith is an obedient faith. Our obedience and our faith can't be severed. They're connected. 
We're called into an obedient relationship with God. We'll be tempted to go back into the old ways, into the way of the world, into the way that our culture is so engaged in. Listen to what Peter said to this church that was under persecution. And they had their set of struggles. First Peter 1.14 So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Wow. You could be strong for the journey. Absolutely for sure. you got to simply take God's authoritative word and let him speak to you. Let him instruct you. Let his word be a, a light for your path. And then recognize that you're in this world as God's elect. I mean, he's marked you out for heaven. Uh, your destination is there. And you're just a stranger. Now, you, you remember Abraham, the father of the faithful, the model? Abraham lived like a stranger all of his life. The only property he owned in the promised land was a cave for his wife that he buried her in. He just trusted and believed God for those promises. And sometimes we just feel like we don't belong to this world. Well, that's by intention. You're a stranger, a pilgrim. You're passing through a resident alien. Your home is there. And God, there's an incredible relationship we have to God. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I chose you. God had his eye on you. He's chosen you. This God has embraced you with grace when you were trying to run in another direction. Hallelujah. And then he sanctified you. I mean, you wouldn't want to come out of that miry clay. You were like a pig enjoying it. You didn't know any better. But God, so I'm going to set them on a rock to stay. I have better plans for them. I'm going to bless them beyond what they could ask, think, or even imagine. And he saved us out of that muck and mire of sin. And that Holy Spirit is still working in you and still working in me and, and will be until we cross the Jordan, until our final breath is taken in this world. He is working a work of holiness in our life. And then oh, God sprinkled us with the blood of the Lamb of God. I think of Isaiah chapter 53 where he said he will sprinkle many nations, Christians, are all over this world like lights, like salt. We're in this holy diaspora, if I could say it that way. The Israelites were punished for their sin and they were sent into a diaspora. They were scattered. But Christians weren't scattered because of disobedience. God just scattered them as points of light throughout our world. And God reminds us, this old world is not our home. We're just passing through. Building in faith. Today, you may be facing persecution from the world around you. Your walk with Jesus may have hit a rough patch, and now you're unsure where to turn. Or your life may be going well, 
and you're feeling the blessings of Jesus all around you. No matter the place you are in your life, there is always Jesus. He loves to rejoice with you in the triumphs and to walk with you through the trials. As Dr. Edward Jones continues to take us through the book of 1 Peter, we see that Jesus is the solution in every crisis and the one we can look to each and every day for our own strength. We do hope that you've been blessed by today's message on Building in Faith and invite you to visit our website to learn more about our ministry. Our web address is buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to find us on Facebook as well. We know how important social media is in people's lives today, and by liking us on Facebook, you can keep up to date with all that's happening at Faith Assembly. We would also like to invite you to join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area for our weekly worship. We meet each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., and have many activities for all ages and all walks of life. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us again here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the Word of God, sharing with us the love and hope that only Jesus can offer us. Your Word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.